Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to this uh, online service. We are entering into a new year and it can be a new season for us as we have learned uh, previously. And uh, God wants us to enter into the promised land, to get up, to cross over, to enter into the promised land. And uh, how do we prepare ourselves to enter into the promised land? The first thing is the leaders has got to rise up. So God spoke to Moses and said, get up, cross over. He spoke to Joshua. You have to rise up to lead these people to enter into the promised land. So we see that God uses leaders he worked through leaders to lead us into the promised land. And that's why he is the one who established our leader. Our lead, the leader is his servant. He's the one who caused them to be strong, caused them to be powerful. Because he knows without being strong and powerful, they would not be able to accomplish the mission of leading his people into the promised land to establish that holy nation. And so the last time we learned that we too need our leader. We need our leader to be strong and courageous in order to lead us because we are committing our life, committing our time, our energy, our money, our whole being into it. That's what we should do. And so we need strong, powerful, God-anointed leaders to lead us so that we will indeed arrive at the promised land. And uh, this evening, I want to share with you that we, uh, the leaders need us. Leaders need you in order to be able to accomplish that which God has commanded them to do. Without you, without your support, without you being united together as one with them, fighting together with them, not against them, with them, against the giant, against the enemy, he will not be able to accomplish the task by himself. So you see, Moses, the servant of God, who did what God wants him to do. He is probably the greatest leader that we've ever seen. He talked to God face to face. He sacrificed the position in the palace as prince of Egypt in order to serve God. So his whole life is a life of sacrifice, dedication, in order to fulfill God's calling upon his life to lead the nation of Israel, the Jews, out of Egypt into the promised land. Moses did have partial success. He was able to lead the people out of Egypt into the wilderness, but he was not able to lead them into the promised land. So, 
despite of the fact that he is so anointed, did so many miracles, outstanding miracles that the Word of God says from his departure, there will no prophet was able to perform this kind of miracles ever again. Despite being so anointed, called by God, close to God, hear what God says and did all these things, so powerful. But yet he could not accomplish. He was not successful to fulfill everything that God has because the people were not with him. So no matter how anointed your leaders are, without you, without you standing behind them to uh, unite together as one with them, they will not be able to accomplish. They will have partial success. Strong leaders will bring partial success regardless of the people. The fact that Moses was able to lead them out of Egypt was not because of the people. Right from the beginning, they were murmuring, complaining. They didn't want to leave Egypt because, you know, they suffer. The, the, the Egyptians take away the straw from them to make bricks and still demand the same productivity. So they didn't want to leave Egypt. So it's, it's nothing because of them that they came out of Egypt. It was because of Moses. So a strong leader, regardless of the people, will be able to bring about a measure of success, a measure of breakthrough, which is what Moses did. But a strong leader, no matter how strong he is, will not be able to complete the task without the support of all the people, as we've seen in Moses' life. So, to put it bluntly, Moses failed because of the people, because he couldn't get their support. You know, these people, they are constantly fighting against Moses, quarreling with Moses, opposing Moses, murmur, complain, accusing him. See, the, 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 the amount of time Moses needs to deal with them rather than face the enemy, lead them for, uh, forward. It's not possible because of the, 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 the energy that you use to deal with these people. So without these people working together with him, a leader will end up in frustration because he couldn't do what God wants him to do. And uh, look at uh, Numbers 11, verse 11. So the, the burden of pastoring, shepherding these people are so great that Moses voiced his frustration and make it known to God. Look at what he said. Moses asked the Lord, why, uh, Numbers 11, 11, verse 11. Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? So can you imagine, Moses has lost the joy of serving God because of the people. And he described it as if 
it is a curse upon his life. He said, God, why did you bring such trouble in me? What have I done? You know, to shepherd these people, to pastor these kind of people, what have I done wrong that you are punishing me? Putting the burden of these people on me. Can you imagine? This is what we can cause our leaders to feel. Instead of being a joy for them to serve us. Because we listen to what they say, we partner with them, we work closely with them, and, and there's such unity. Wow, so it's such a joy to serve so that we can, well, bring about so much breakthrough. Now it's like a curse, it's like a burden, so heavy that Moses wished it wasn't him. You know, so I want you to understand the trouble we can cause our pastors or leaders. Verse 12, did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth, give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? So I told you last year that a grown-up baby, a person who should, should be mature and yet behave like an infant, like a baby, is the worst enemy of the church. Is the worst enemy of God. Here you are. Moses is saying, do I need to carry them like carrying a baby all the way into the promised land, the burden, the displeasure that it gives to Moses. Moses said, do I have to do it? I didn't give them birth. I didn't conceive them. It's none of my business. Why do you put this burden on me? Verse 13, where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me. Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. So that was how Moses felt. Dealing with his people who are rebellious, who just care for themselves, who are always murmuring, complaining, Disgruntled with everything. But it's not just Moses who get frustrated. Even the Almighty God, the all-compassionate, all-loving, all-long-suffering God also could not take it. And so much so, He wants to kill them, destroy them. So you can understand how difficult it is to pastor these kind of people who are rebellious, who always work against you, who are disobedient, who just care for themselves and murmur and complain. Exodus 32 verse 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. Verse 10. 
Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. Wow, this all-suffering, all-loving God could not take the attitude of these people, the behavior of these people, so much so He wanted to kill them. He wanted to destroy them. That's God. Just think about it. Just think about how you behave. Are you a blessing? Are you a joy to your pastor, to your leader? Or are you a pain in the neck? Have you become a burden? No, not, not that you cause trouble, no. But those of us who did nothing, who are not with our leader, we, we only respond when we want. So the leader is preaching all, all, all he wants, but we are not responding. You become a burden. A heavy burden upon the leader because he couldn't do what, he, what he's, he's called to do. He has delivered a word, but he couldn't do what he's called to do because the people are not responding or respond when they want, when they like. It's no unity. And we know the leaders needs us. Without us, he will not be able to accomplish his work. And look at here. Some of our mothers, you are very much like God here. Because God is so frustrated. He wants to disown these people. He tells Moses, this is your people. This is, this, these are the people you brought out of Egypt. God wants to disown them. Just like Moses. Moses said, this, this has nothing to do with me. I didn't give them birth. They have nothing to do with me. I don't want them. Do we create this kind of feeling for our leaders? And I say some of our mothers are, are like God in this respect. You know, you talk to your husband. When your children are fine, it's your son, it's your daughter. But when they really cause you to be frustrated and angry, you say, your daughter, your son. Hello, am I talking to somebody? Have you heard that kind of thing? Hey, that's God. Very frustrated. Wanting to disown them and even wanting to kill them. Hey, sometimes we feel like that. Well, maybe not you. But you're so angry, you feel like killing them. But Moses was, look at Exodus 32 verse 11. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Moses is reminding God, God, they are your people. Don't be so angry with them. They're yours. They're your children. Don't be so angry. Don't, you know, you're about to destroy them and kill them. No, please don't. So can you imagine, we can cause this kind of torment, this kind of suffering upon our leaders. Some of us, we don't know. But I hope this, this evening as you listen to the Word of God and look at yourself, how have you been 
to your leaders? Are you a joy to your leader? Or are you a burden? Are you a pain in the neck for your leader? Or are you a helper helping him to accomplish what God has for him and for you? And uh, secondly, leader needs all the support of all the people. Because after Moses complained, God says, yes, I understand it's too much of a burden for you. Okay, go and call 70 elders of your choice, those you know, call them so that they may stand by you. Okay, let's read this in Numbers 11, verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, Bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have then come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there. And I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. So God understand. God didn't rebuke Moses and say, come on, get up. You can take it. You are a leader. You know, my grace is upon you. My spirit is upon you. You know, what's wrong with you? No, God perfectly understand Moses' feeling. Because he himself couldn't take it. How much more Moses? So he said, Moses, okay, I understand. Go, choose 70 elders. Establish the leadership team. Governing leadership team so that these people can stand with you to govern the nation. So just because you bring 70 people together, it doesn't mean that you are going to have a unity in the team. It doesn't mean that everybody will be working with you because they have all different kind of mindset, different kind of character. But we need to observe. First of all, God didn't say, I've chosen these 70, you go and just pick them up and gather them. Call them by name and get it. No. God told Moses, you go and pick the people you know. Why? Because they got to work with you. They got to be in unity with you. So when we are appointed as leaders, you got to understand it's a privilege. Your leader above you has chosen you. It's a privilege for you to serve under them. So you be faithful. You don't become a rebel. You be, you know, you, you, you know how to submit to your leader and work to serve him, to serve his purpose. And that's what God did. Because they have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. Not against you, with you. They're there to support you. They're there to help you to fulfill the vision and the purpose that God, that I've called you. So as leaders who are under our leader, this is the attitude that you have. It's an honor, it's a privilege. It's an opportunity given by your leader. You know, we have people who think that they can strike on their own. They don't need a carving. 
But soon they realize without that covering, they're going nowhere. Without their leader's blessing, you're going nowhere. So that's what God asked Moses to do. So they are there to support. They are there to, uh, to be one with their leader, to serve the leader in what God has called the leaders to do. And then to, God said, I will come down and speak to you. God didn't say, I'm gather them, I'm coming down to speak to them because I, I want to talk to them. No. God said, I want to speak to you so that they can hear I'm talking to you, so that they will know that you are my servant, so that they will know that you are my chosen, so that they will know how to submit and how to obey their leader. I believe God gave us this picture so that you understand how to work with your leader. And that's why He wants strong and powerful leaders. He's not like us. Oh, you know, he's man. Well, he will make mistakes. He will say wrong things and uh, we have to think about it. You know, we cannot blindly uh, follow. Where did you read that in the Bible? God knows Moses. Well, eventually he failed in a mission. God knows his weakness. But God says, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to exhort you in their midst so that they will know how to honor you and speak to you. How to submit and serve you. And then he said, I'm going to take from you your spirit and then I'm going to share bits with all these 70 leaders. So all these 70 leaders have only a little part of Moses. When they are united together, then the whole picture is complete. So it's the leader who is sharing his authority with you. Always remember that. The leader share his authority with you. And this is what God did. God didn't say, call them. I'm going to pour my spirit upon them. No. He said, I'm going to take from you the spirit that's upon you and, and give them part of it so that together they may help you to share your burden. Okay? Share your burden so that you, have to, you don't have to show it all by yourself. So, God wants a team, a leadership team that is totally in submission to the leader and, and serve the leader to fulfill his plan and purpose. And Moses explained the leadership structure. He had ministerial leaders when his father-in-law tell him to train up men so that they can all help to share the burden. Yeah, he has. Despite of the fact that he's so anointed, so close to God, and have leadership team established, he still failed. He still failed. Why? Because all it takes is a few people, the rebel, mixed multitude in the midst, who begins to talk, who begins to criticize, who begins to murmur, and then it will spread. 
it will spread to the whole people. And that's why we need everyone to support the leader. No exception. So, let's read it in Numbers 11, verse 4. The rebels with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in, in Egypt at no cost, also the cucumber and so on and so on. The rabble, the mixed multitude in their midst. These are not Jews. These are people who have came out with the Jews out of Egypt. Most likely they were slaves from other nations who were brought to Egypt to serve Pharaoh. And now they've seen the judgment that God poured down upon the nation of Egypt. And they want to escape. They are afraid that they will suffer. They want to escape that sort of judgment. And so they came out with the Jews. And also they take this opportunity to come out because now they will be free from being slave to Pharaoh. So this mixed multitude, they are not Jews. They are not called into the same vision. They don't have the holy nation in mind. They, do, they are not part of the covenant. They are there because they wanted the blessing. They can see that God is leading His people into the land of milk and honey. They wanted the blessing. They wanted to escape the suffering, the judgment. And that's why the moment when they face this kind of difficulties, they murmur, they complain. And because of just this mixed multitude, small number, small minority, and yet it could snowball and influence the whole nation until in verse 10 we read, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tent. The Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. So can you see? Just a small number affecting the whole nation. And that's why we need everyone. We don't want to see, oh, just a few people. It's all right, leave them alone. No. We've got to deal with it so that the nations will be united. We will be united as one. And then finally, so the leaders need us, no matter how anointed they are, they will not be able to finish the job without the full support of the people. And it's not just a strong team, unity in the team. We need everyone to be behind the leaders so that we can uh, enter into the promised land. And now, the leaders need emotional support from us. We learned just now how much trouble we can cause our leaders so that there is such a burden so that they don't have the joy of serving, you know, and, and, and they can be so angry, even God was so angry, up to the point that, that God wants to keep, wants to destroy. So every leaders have a breaking point. Even God has a, break, have a limit. You know, he couldn't take it. He wanted to disown them, he wanted to destroy them. You know, so every leaders have a breaking point. Moses was able 
to go through the 38 years. How these people accuse, argue, fight with him, quarrel with him, and so on. He has already taken that. A leader is so vulnerable to the attack of his own people. And now, they already started moving towards the promised land. The new season has come. Moses has already got up, crossed the Zipret Valley. And now they come to the, uh, the, the desert of Zin. Let's read what happened in Numbers 20 verse 1. Numbers 20 verse 1. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin and they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. So they would have rise up moving towards the promised land. And, and just shortly after when they arrived at Kadesh, Miriam died, Moses' sister. Can you imagine the grief the, the sense of loss in Moses' heart because Miriam is not just a sister. She's like a mother to, to, to him. Miriam is the one who watched the basket when little baby Moses was in a basket floating down the river. She's the one who talked to Pharaoh's daughter about bringing a Hebrew woman to take care of Moses. During those years, she has been taking care of Moses. And for the last 40 years since Moses came back from Midian, Moses and Aaron, uh, 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 Miriam and Aaron has been by his side for the last 40 years or so. So when Miriam died, you can imagine the sorrow. And uh, normally they will grieve for 30 days and then they move on. But in this particular situation, just after Miriam was buried, the people start to complain. Look at verse 2. Now there was no water for the community and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died with our brothers, fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring, up, uh, bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place. It has no grain or fixed grape vines or pomegranates, uh, and there is no water to drink. I think I've shared with you earlier. You know, these people, the youngest of this new generation, is only half of Moses' age. Moses is about 120, right? He's about to, to well, soon he will die. Uh, uh, so he's about 120. And these people, the oldest of them is 20 plus 38 years in the wilderness. So 58 years, about 60 years old. So they're so young, much younger. And Moses has done so much throughout his life. He sacrificed his position in Egypt as a prince of Egypt. He sacrifices life in order to fulfill God's calling to deliver the Jews from Egypt into the promised land. This is all he lived for. This is all he lived for throughout his life. He gave up everything to live for this. 
And he has done so much. He's delivered the people with such miracles and so on. And here come this new generation, this bunch of young, young people in comparison with, with uh, Moses. Totally disrespect Moses. Totally dishonor him. Totally did not appreciate what Moses has done. And here they rise up because there's no water and, and after Miriam's death, they come against Moses. They quarrel with Moses and Aaron. Can you imagine how disrespectful this young, this, this young generations are? And they accuse Moses. They talk so spiritual. They say, why did you bring the Lord's community? Or as if Moses has no, no regards for God's people. Why do you bring the Lord's community? Oh, so these people, rebellious people, they talk so spiritual. As if they love God, love God's people so much. And they accuse him, our life is going to die here. But during the last 38 years, before they start moving towards this, this place, Canaan, their lives are grow, not die. In the wilderness, under Moses' leadership, their lives are grow, multiply. And so they falsely accuse Moses. They, 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 just, they just argue. And well, these kind of things happen in ministry, I tell you. People who didn't done, have not done anything of credit. They are just born in that particular generation, a younger generation. And they, they are born to inherit the promised land. They're not done a single thing that deserve anything. And here they speak against the leader, the servant of God. Moses, my servant, they have totally no regard for God and for the leaders. And, you know, it's easy, easier for you to take people of your age to talk against you. But when the youngster who doesn't know anything were to come against you, it's hard to take. So can you see <coughs> what they did triggers something that has been there for so many years. For 30 over years, Moses took it from their parents. All kind of nonsense. And he managed to get through. But now, with the loss of Miriam, the sorrow that's in his heart, and this group of young, uh, this, this young generation behaving like this. As I say, it triggers something inside. And Moses lost it. That was Moses' breaking point. So Moses went before God. God tell him what to do. He said, take the rod from the presence of God. And then you go to the rock and speak to the rock. Get to the people there. Speak to the rock and water will gush up. But Moses, what did Moses say to the people? But before we move on, 
I want you to know when you quarrel and you speak like this against the Lord's servant, you are quarreling with God. Look at verse Numbers 20, verse 13. These were the waters of Meribah where the Israelites quarrel with the Lord and where He was proved holy among them. They quarrel with the Lord. But earlier verses we read, they quarrel with Moses. So I want you to see the severity when you quarrel against the servant of God. You come against the servant of God. He's doing God's work and you're coming against God. You're quarreling against God. And this is after 38 years in a wilderness. This is just about time to enter into the promised land. Moses couldn't take it and he took the rod instead of speaking. What did he say to the nation of Israel? Let's look at it, then you understand what is inside him. Verse 9. Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. You see, from the word of Moses, you rebel, rebellious. People who are of the worst kind. And Moses striked it. He said, must we bring water out of the rock for you? And so what he did create the impression that it was him who brought the water for the nation of Israel to drink. Instead of speaking to the rock, when water come out, the nation of Israel would know that this is God. This is God. But Moses, they strike the rock, giving a false impression that he was the one. And God honored his servant. God caused the water to gush forth from the rock. You see, God will honor his servant, even though the servant, his servant made the mistake. His servant was wrong. Before the people, God honored his servant. But God still deal with him. But sometimes we think that we are God. We think that we've got to deal with and, and, and judge and condemn and criticize and murmur against God's servant. Many times we are wrong. We don't even know. But I want to say this, God honor His servant, even though His servant was wrong. He honored His servant before the people. But he said to Moses, because of what you did, you do not have faith in me, you did not set me as holy before the people to be honored, to be respected. 
you will not enter in the promised land. That's the saddest day in Moses' life. The day of his failure. Remember, all his life, he lived for this. And just about, they're just about to enter in. He failed. And it's this young generation that caused him to fall, not the older generation. He's gone through those. Maybe bruises in his heart, but he's gone through those, those, those suffering. And that's why this is what Moses said. Because after God has pronounced his uh, discipline upon Moses and Aaron, we're not allowed them in. Can you imagine Moses being a friend of God? He keep pleading to God, God, please, you know, let me in, let me in. Until eventually God get fed up and God told Moses, that's it. Don't, don't you ever say it again. That's enough. You're not going in. Let's read it in Deuteronomy 3, verse 23. At that time, I pleaded with the Lord, Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven and on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do. Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country and Lebanon. So now Moses is pleading, God, please let me cross over to that land. Look at the next verse, verse 26. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. That's enough, the Lord said. Do not speak to me anymore about this matter. So Moses was very direct, very clear. But because of you, you are the one who caused my downfall. That's why God was angry with me. Because of you. So that's a tragedy in Moses' life. He could not enter into the promised land. At the last moment, he fought at the last moment because of the new generation, not because of the old generation. So remember, he's, we, we learned the last time, he said, if you new generation don't obey God, God will be even more angry than before. I guess this is him. The last generation, he was angry. But this time, the new generation that caused him, you know, behave exactly like their father. I think that's why Moses was so angry. They're so frustrated because their, their father has done all this thing. And now this new generation who is about to enter into the promised land, he's about to lead them in. And yet they behave like the old generation. And that's why Moses lost it. So I hope this evening will understand that every one of us are so important. The small group are very important as well because they can spread, they can influence others. God wants a united team of leaders. He wants all the people to be of one mind, one heart, one vision, serving our leaders, so that we together may enter into the promised land.
The leaders cannot do it by themselves. Even God will not be able to do it if the people do not want to. And uh, so I hope as we prepare to enter into the new season, we'll know how to let go of the past. Let go of whatever that is holding you so that we will be sanctified. We will unite together with our leaders, moving towards what God has for us. Together, we will inherit the kingdom, the promised land. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your revelation. We pray, O oh God, that you will help us so that we will be humble. We will recognize those you have appointed. And Lord, we will work together with them so that together in unity, in one heart, one mind, one vision, one purpose, we will enter into the promised land. We will fulfill your calling upon us individually and together as a community. We bless you, Lord. Bless this year, Lord. Cause us to prosper. Cause everyone to arise. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the Lord bless you. We will see you again next week. Amen.